I want to take a moment to tell you about a product that I first discovered last year and has quickly become a staple in my daily routine. It's called Sniff. Anyone that knows me knows that I'm big on smelling good, but finding a signature scent can be difficult. Enter Sniff, a genderless and cruelty-free line of scents made with high-quality ingredients designed to perform with staying power. They offer a wide range of scents for all genders and all occasions. How to find the right scent? I don't know about you, but I've become accustomed to doing just about everything from the couch, so I'm big on Sniff's Try Before You Buy kits, which allow you to test drive a scent before fully committing. Every purchase comes with a full-size bottle and a mini sample bottle, the latter of which is perfect for travel. Keep and pay for what you love, return the rest with free shipping and returns. And since I want you to be fully in on what's what, I highly recommend the brand's Sweet Ash Scent. It's a silky blend of moss, woods, and fir balsam, balanced by hints of tonka and black vanilla bean. In addition to fragrance, Sniff also offers a line of candles, of which the Instant Karma is my personal fave. The lovely folks at Sniff are offering Shut Up Evan listeners 20% off your order with the code EVAN20. All of Sniff's fragrances, including Sweet Ash, are typically 65, but with our special offer code, EVAN20, you can get it now for 52. Visit sniff.co, that's S-N-I-F dot C-O, and enter promo code EVAN20 at checkout. What are you waiting for? Can I just ask? Shut up, Evan. I'm curious. Could you shut up, Evan? One thing I was thinking about. Shut up, Evan. So there are some rumors out there. Evan, shut up! Is it okay if I just ask? Shut up, Evan. Okay, but can I just? Shut up, Evan. I didn't even say anything. Hey, good people. What's up? It is Evan Ross Katz, and you are listening to Shut Up, Evan, a podcast about gay shit and internet culture. I'm Evan Ross Katz, and we are going to chat today about the slap. I think you know what slap I'm referring to. No, I'm I'm very much just kidding. I I would rather dine out with Joe Rogan. I really would than talk about the slap anymore. I think that we've said all that we need to say. In fact, we said too much. So we will not be talking about that. Rather, I'd like to talk about The Real Housewives, of which there have been quite a few slaps on The Real Housewives. The one that comes to mind off the top of my head is Brandy Glanville slapping Lisa Vanderpump in, I believe, season five. Um, That was a good slap. That was a pretty good season. One of the last good seasons of Beverly Hills until the the Sutton and Garcellasons came about, I would say. Um, but before we get to that, I did want to mention I'm recording this today on April 10th, and it is my birthday, um, and I am currently hopped up on three cups of coffee. I had two at Mud Coffee and uh, one at Abreco, which is my favorite coffee spot in New York City. I would say it is the premier coffee spot of New York City. It is on 7th Street between 1st and 2nd Avenue, which was my place of residence for 11 years. And yeah, I get a little nostalgic being back on my old block, seeing my old apartment building. They installed a new um, I don't know what you call them, the buzzer system, the thing that you, you know, you press the button outside the building. And, you know, I wish that they could have done that while I was living there. Um, but on the whole, nothing else about the exterior of my building has changed. And I don't know, it's just weird to be on a block that was at one time and for a long time, so familiar, and is now a place that I go maybe once a couple, every couple months to get a really good cup of coffee. But I'm glad that it's still there, the coffee place, my block, and me. I'm glad that we're all still here. And you know, I'm, I, I I will be honest, I am a little bit of a reflective person when it comes to my birthday um, in terms of thinking about, you know, the year that I've had, 
who I am at present, who I want to be in the future. And I would say one thing that I've just been circling, I spent uh, this past week in Obernburg, New York for longtime listeners. It's a, a town about two and a half, two hours and 45 minutes uh, upstate of New York City. Uh, I spent uh, three months there at the onset of the pandemic. So I went back uh, for a week um, and more or less was unplugged from the internet and social media. And uh, I, I don't want to say like any great wisdom, you know, was found, but I did find just being more present, taking deeper breaths, uh, slowing down my, my pace uh, was really, really quite lovely. And I think my, you know, bigger takeaway, and this is not just from the week spent upstate, but I guess I just, I want to spend a little less time or actually maybe more than a little bit, uh, less time thinking about myself, um, thinking about how I do or, or what I do or, or just thoughts about myself, time looking in the mirror, et cetera, and more time just doing. I feel like uh, for me, both, I think the combination of anxiety and insecurity, it can be crippling at times. And I know that is not an uncommon sentiment for many people living in the world today. And I wanna do my best to um, not ruminate so much on that and see if I can push past it by way of just squelching the thoughts, right? And just spending that time uh, that has previously been dedicated on thinking about myself, you know, reallocating those thoughts. I know, easier said than done, but it's a birthday. And so, you know, we set goals. Okay, so before we get to our interview today, I did want to touch down briefly on The Real Housewives because some people have asked why we have yet to have a Real Housewife on Shut Up Evan. I will say we did record an episode with a housewife during season two. It was actually, it's funny, it was recorded one year ago today exactly, which I forgot until right now. And I only know that because it was my birthday. Anyway, we recorded the episode. It was, it was sorry, two years ago today, two years ago today. Yes, yes, yes. And it was the beginnings of the pandemic. And so wait, was the pen? Oh my God, Jesus Christ. Anyway, two years ago today, we tried to record this episode and the guest did not record the interview on their end. And it was before I understood technology to be something that I could control on both sides. Um, perhaps some of you can relate. Uh, so we did not record the guest's audio. And ultimately I decided we would postpone re-recording the episode and we just never got around to it. And I think some of the reason is in my experience with Housewives, I don't necessarily think, and again, I'm speaking uh, you know, as though they are one monolith, they are not, but I think on the whole, you kind of get what you get from the show. And I've not felt the need to necessarily go deeper or explore more because I think, you know, part of their job is to put it all out there. And I don't have too, too many questions about how the sauce is made because I'm pretty clear on how the sauce is made at this point. And I don't, I find it interesting, but not something I necessarily need to dive deeper on. But I wanted to touch down on Housewives on the whole, because I think for several years now, I've been meditating on writing some sort of, you know, state of the Housewives piece. And I haven't quite landed on what the exact angle is or, or why I think it needs to be said. So haven't written that yet. Maybe will one day. But in lieu of the new trailer for The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, I believe it's season 13 that we are on coming out. 
And, you know, we're about to launch the very first international Bravo-born Housewives franchise, which will be the Real Housewives of Dubai, which I know some people feel a certain kind of way about, uh, the glorification of a place like Dubai. Conversation for another day, but I hear you. And so with that, I think it's a time to sort of reassess where things are at. I think we just had what was kind of seen as a very, very long season of The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. I think there's a parallel between Real Housewives of Salt Lake City season two and RuPaul's Drag Race season 14 in there being sort of a general exhaustion uh, at, at just how long these seasons can go on. That's why to Real Housewives of New Jersey's credit, I believe they do maybe 12, 13, 14 episode seasons now, um, which, hey, I kind of get it. But then I think about like Mayor of Easttown, where I think we got seven episodes. I've had Mayor on the mind a lot lately, by the way. And in that case, I'm left wanting more so bad. But hey, isn't there something to be said about wanting more? Absolutely. But I did want to touch down on the Housewives because I'm not, vibing with it the way that I used to. I felt this way for some time, but I I wanted to try and sort of unpack like as to what that is. Is it me? Is it them? Has the show changed? Have I changed? Have we both changed? Um, And I will say this, at the end of the day, I will watch bad TV. I've proven this in how much I continue to watch Housewives despite a general ambivalence about it. You know, like, I'm not really vibing with the show, but no part of me has said, oh, well, maybe I should just stop watching it. I would never have that inclination. Housewives feels kind of like wired into my back as far as just like a battery pack that like it's it's on and and I have to go and I have to watch Housewives. I don't I don't see a time in which I'm not watching it. But I do feel distinctly after watching the trailer for The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills that we're on something of a hamster wheel. I just feel like there are beats now that we not only tread, but we keep retreading. So for instance, they showed us what seems like it's going to be an alcoholism plot line for Erica. And then with our beloved Rinna, we're getting a parent dying. And and then we're just getting a lot of fighting, right? Fighting, 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 fighting. And I just feel like these are things we've seen before on other franchises. Um, These are things that we've seen on Beverly Hills. Um, And I'm just not sure, I'm not sure where we're really going at this point. You know, they've tricked us into making these familiar beats feel satisfying rather than redundant. And which I have to say, that's pretty remarkable that they've been able to do that, right? It's like, we feel satisfied when we see this for the most part. I say we, maybe not everyone, but I think for the most part, it's like, oh, she's doing that rather than, oh, she's doing that again. It's sort of like, oh, she's doing that. Oh, she's pulling a blah, 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 right? It's like, there's there's nomenclature now within Housewives as to how things go. But at some point I feel like we've kind of done it all. And I, I think that became really evident for me during this past season of Salt Lake City when we got a lot of these like high wire fights, but they felt rooted in nothing. And I think some of the sort of just hijinks because I think a lot of people what we've really latched onto with housewives is the hijinks I think we get less hijinks these days and more plot right so it's like you know you you, at the beginning of the season it's like what's so-and-so's story going to be right so it's like Dorit her house was was burglarized so or burgled burglarized whatever anyway that's going to be her plot for the season but back in the day 
it wasn't so much about that. It was just sort of like cameras up, group of friends, hijinks ensue. Right now, I feel like there's more of an effort to create serialized television. And they got lucky with Beverly Hills last season because they had this real life plot, I guess, playing out with Erica Jane and, and, and her court case and the court case of her husband, Tom Girardi. And then also on Salt Lake City, you had what was going down with Jen Shaw. But you look at these shows like Jersey, for instance, which is sort of not rooted in a larger plot. It was at one point when they had Teresa going in and out of jail or, well, in jail and then out of jail. But I'm just sort of questioning what the long tail game is. And I think one of the interesting things when you look at other shows that, you know, go into like the teens, like, you know, let's say Drag Race, for instance, they sort of make efforts to change up the format in some ways, right? They do their best to sort of say, we're going to do a double save this episode or a double elimination or, you know, create a new challenge for the queens to, to work off of. Or they take a template like the Rusical, for instance, but they write a new one every season. I think what I'm questioning with Housewives is, is, is there a world in which Housewives is sort of able to rejudge itself? You know, we've had instances, I'm thinking about The Real Housewives of New York season five, which was kind of seen as a soft reboot. They fired four of the ladies and they brought in three new ladies and kind of said, you know, what can new blood do? And we've seen this happen now on plenty of housewives cities. Uh, Orange County currently is in a soft reboot. They got rid of several of the women. They brought back Heather Dubro, brought in a few new women. And it's worked-ish. I'm enjoying Orange County. I will say I'm enjoying Orange County more than I think others are from what I'm seeing on the internet. But I guess I just wonder in the long term, what can be done to really sustain these series? And do we reach a point when we feel like we've hit every possible beat, that there's not really more that can be done? I enjoy watching these shows. I do. I don't see, again, I don't see myself stopping watching them, but I do wonder if there will be a time in which sort of the cultural conversation about housewives will mellow. And I think we had this big renaissance this past year because of Erica and Jen Shaw. There were ways in which housewives sort of permeated just housewives and became zeitgeist, but I'm questioning what can sort of continue that momentum. So I'm really excited to see the next phase of Housewives, but I'm, I'm curious if they're having conversations internally about that. And I know that you could say, well, we had this recent announcement that The Real Housewives of New York was going to be split into two franchises, one being a legacy and one being a, you know, a reboot, right? They're going to bring in an entirely new cast to New York. That could be seen as the first effort to really say, hey, we need to retool how we think about these shows. And hey, I'm very, very down for that. I am of the mindset where I'd love to see them try new things, even if they fail, because I appreciate the effort to say, let's do something different. I think that is super admirable, especially when you're going into these shows, which before you know it are going to be entering their 20s. So the question becomes, how do you elevate or, or sustain rather like the quality of the content? Anyway, with all that said, I'm going to keep watching. I will, but I have a little bit of a, you know, general malaise about it, but you know, maybe that's just me. So what are, what are you all thinking? Are you vibing with Housewives right now? Are you excited for, you know, the real Housewives of Dubai? Are you excited for the upcoming season of Beverly Hills? There's something else on the docket. Housew oh, Ultimate Girls Trip too. Hello. Hello. 
from what I've heard, that is going to be our appointment viewing. And uh, my, my DVR is set. I am ready. Anyway, wow, I've, I'm feeling the coffee coursing through my veins. Whew. Anyway, happy birthday to me. I want to throw to one of RuPaul's Drag Race's brightest stars. She is the current reigning queen, and I'm delighted to have had the opportunity to sit down with her, to get to know her more, and uh, let's hold back no longer and bring in the great and fabulous Simone. Shut up, Evan. She is the current reigning America's Drag Superstar as crowned by RuPaul on season 13 of RuPaul's Drag Race. She has been featured in the pages of British Vogue, campaigns for Moschino, on the runway for Savage X Fenty Volume 3, and on the covers of Out Magazine and Interview Magazine, respectively. She's walked red carpets at the MTV Video Music Awards, the Emmy Awards, and the 2021 Met Gala. She also appeared alongside rapper Princess Nokia, actor Victoria Pedretti, and comedian Meg Stalter in Casey Musgraves' Star-Crossed the Film, and will star alongside Billy Eichner and Bowen Yang in the upcoming Bros, the first major studio film to feature an all-LGBTQ plus principal cast playing heterosexual roles. Legs up to her waist and talent you can't replace, please welcome the ebony enchantress, Simone. First of all, thank you so much for being here. I have been a fan for so very long and I feel like this has been a long time coming and I'm just thrilled to have you. I'm so happy to be here. I've followed you for a very long time. So this is kind of like a crazy moment for me. <laughs> well, it's been very fun watching your journey and just the, I mean, at this point, it's not even a year, it's over a year at this point, but this last, yeah. this last, you just keep kind of, uh, one thing about you I've noticed is you just kind of keep leveling yourself up, which is an exciting place to be in your career, no doubt. Um, and speaking of leveling up, several weeks ago, uh, we had to postpone this interview because you had to be in Milan for Milan Fashion Week. I did, my first time in Italy. Yeah, and no doubt not your last. Now, can you tell me what it was like being in attendance at Milan Fashion Week? I did not expect all the things that I've gotten since the show. So... It's it still feels surreal to me. I don't think I'll I hopefully I never get used to this feeling because it's it's just so great to just be asked to go and then be able and then being able to actually be there. It was just crazy. And then just being in Milan, far from the beautiful fashion spelling, just being in Milan and seeing all the beautiful people. <laughs> but also the art, the the architecture, and just like you can feel it. Like it just feels different being there. So it was just Surreal, that's the best word. There are a lot of important people at those shows, as you yeah. know. When you're yeah. in that environment now, are you at a place where you understand that your fabulousness rivals <laughs> theirs? And rivals is the wrong word. I mean, rivals <laughs> sounds like it's like uh, adversarial. No, but like, are you able to understand that like you belong in that room full of people who also belong in the room, that you are, uh, as necessary to create the energy of that room as all of those others. And we're talking, you know, obviously like A-list celebrities and, and yeah. huge designers and editors, <laughs> and you are among that glitterati now. Yeah, I am. It's, I definitely now have, yeah, 1000%. You know, sometimes like when you first start out, you know, it's a little bit different because you're like, whoa, I, I, I was just doing, you know, drag on TV and I'm being invited to these things. But like now I've definitely gotten more comfortable with it and more comfortable with like who I am 
and you know just feeling like I deserve to be there because at first you're like I don't know man I don't know did they really mean it was am I the right Simone because it was spelled right I don't know <laughs> I don't know but no definitely have gotten more used to um that feeling and I I definitely feel like I belong because I did I did work for it and I do and I and now I feel okay with saying I deserve it yeah Mm, I'm very glad to hear that. What about uh, day drag? Because one element that I feel like is very different about something like a Milan Fashion Week in contrast to the usual spots we see drag queens, which is not to say they are only within nightlife, but- No, not anymore, Hattie. Yeah, right? Outside a lot, natural <laughs> lighting. What is it like for you to sort of go there and be photographed oh, a ton and have paparazzi and all of the elements that come with something as grand as Fashion Week? <sighs> Man, it's, you know, definitely different because, you know, you were used to, you know, the stage darling and people giving us tips and shots and drinks and things. So, you know, now we're going out and people are wanting to take our picture in the sun. So, you know, the makeup's a little different. How you got to call for different things when you're doing these types of events, darling. These aren't just, you know, club gigs. Well, you know, it, it, it's definitely, it is different because it's just a different mindset. It's a different place. It's a different energy that you're surrounded with so it's it's weird there's like kind of where you have to put your head versus being on stage and you know entertaining and being a little bit I feel a little bit more oh, I don't want to say I don't want to say loose but a little bit more ah, I don't know like you're more among your people I don't know how to explain it like just it's yeah, just yeah. a different feeling yeah yeah that makes sense I want to go back to your early life a bit. I was doing my research ahead of today and I read that you described yourself in British Vogue, no less. I just want to know, <laughs> but you described yourself as a rather shy kid. And I'm yeah. wondering if you can sort of detail for me what young Reggie was like. Oh God, young Reggie was very, very quite cripplingly shy. Um, I, I I, don't know, I grew up in, I like, you know the story, I grew up in a smaller town. Um, and I just wasn't comfortable with myself. I wasn't comfortable expressing myself. I wasn't comfortable um, being loud or like really voicing anything how I really felt. So I was I was very shy. And like I remember, I would like uh, my grandma would watch me, and there'd be like all the other my cousins and everything, and they would all she would always be like, "Where's Reggie? Is Reggie okay? Like, is he? Where is he? He's just so quiet. You're just so quiet. You're just I don't I forget that you know you're in the room sometimes. So like I was just very much to myself. You know, I had my own interests, my own things, and I just didn't feel comfortable sharing them. I felt like um, I would have been, you know, judged for it or, you know, uh, made to feel bad about it. So I just wasn't, I just wasn't comfortable with myself. That's the best way to put it. So I just kind of closed myself off a little bit. There's many versions of small town, but I feel like from where you come from, to my understanding, and correct me if I'm wrong, we're talking small, small town. What are some of the attributes of, of this small town that you come from that are, you know, now that you've, you know, been traveling all over the world and seen many big cities and live in big cities, um, what are some of the things that make this town sort of operate differently? Oh God, I'd say the mindset more than anything. You know, it's, it's very religious, very conservative and very just close-minded to everything. It's, I mean, it's gotten better, but not by like, leaps and bounds. I would say, we always say like, it's like 10 years behind, you know, um, of everything. So even going back and I didn't even really realize, you don't realize it until you leave. But like the first time I went back to visit, I remember feeling like, wow, it's, there is a, for lack of a better term, weight 
of living in the South. You know, there's like a, there's a certain way you feel when you live there. And so like, it's, you don't realize it until you leave and then go back. And it's like, wow, like even the way you think about how you have to act just changes when you leave and then when you go back. So it's just, it's just the whole aura of being there you know you just feel like you can't and you can't do certain things you just it's just either there's no resources there's no people around to talk to it about there's just it's just not possible you know which is why you leave <laughs> i'm gonna say i mean that if you yeah if you want to get out you leave so tell you me leave. this much when did you sort of first get the inclination that you wanted to leave that there huh. might be a place other than where you're from that might accept you more or that you might find some greater freedom in oh i remember telling my mom like younger that i was like i'm not living the rest of my life here sorry i didn't necessarily know i would move to la first i didn't think i thought it would be like dallas or something you know say like you know maybe like little rock or something you know a little bit bigger but i didn't expect la per se the first time but no i remember very young being like this ain't this ain't it for me i cannot live i cannot feel like this for the rest of my life so i knew very very young very young so one thing I've gotten into with a lot of guests is sort of like talking about their journeys with their gayness or their queerness or their transness. And, and one thing I always find interesting to sort of ask about, especially with people our age, is like less than when did you come out and more when did you start to learn that being gay was good, right? Because I feel like for so many of us, we grew up in a time when it was bad to be gay. We were told by, you know, by so many outside forces uh, and not to say it doesn't exist still today. I mean, look at what's going on in Florida and in Texas, but I do feel like fortunately there are huge and monumental changes that have been made by way of just general acceptance of LGBTQ plus people. Do 100%. you recall when you sort of started to realize that this was not something that was necessarily going to hold you back in life and could even be something powerful? Mm-mm. When I really realized it, I think I was probably, probably like, ugh, probably eighteen. I, it was it coincided with like, because I came out when I was sixteen, but I like it was still kind of hush hush under the rug. My mom didn't want really want to like tell everyone, although I don't think it was really much of a secret. <laughs> My dad somehow didn't know. My dad somehow didn't get it, but I mean, everyone else's family was like, you know, whatever. But I think 18 and, and I think it coincided with when I was first on stage, like when I first got that, like, oh, this is some powerful. Are we allowed to cuss? Yeah. OK, this is some powerful shit. Like this is some like this is it. This is magic. So like I think definitely Simone helped me be much more comfortable outside of um, outside of drag. So, yeah, eight, I would say 18. That's when I first started performing it. So you said your mom knew. It sounds like it was a little bit of a more, a little bit more of a surprise for your dad. What was yeah. his reaction, and <laughs> and where are you at today with your relationship with your dad? Oh wow, that's crazy. That's crazy you asked me that. Um, because the other day I was talking to my mom on the phone, and she told me that my dad called my aunt out of the out of the blue. He's like, you know, it took me a minute. I got here. I'm here, but it took me a minute, and I'm so proud of him and what he's done. I don't think he expected all of this. Like. I don't know what he expected from me, not even necessarily like out of drag, just in my life in general. So like for him, he came to uh, one of the show, my first show that I did in Arkansas. And for him to see people's reaction to me, I think made it make sense for him. So we're better now. We're much, much better now. And uh, I'm much more open to have a relationship with him, but we did not grow up 
really knowing each other at all, even though we lived in the same house for 18 years. Like I don't um, really know all that much about him. And, but we're much better now, but it took, it took him a while. It took him a minute to get here. I'm proud of him now. I'm really proud of him. I can say that. That's incredible. And let me ask you this because I too had a similar relationship in some senses as far as living in a household with my father, but not really feeling like we knew each other. And I'm just wondering, do you find that in your adult age, when you look back at that, you're able to let some of that go? I feel like I, as I get older, a lot of the things that I thought I could never let go of and hold on to as time goes on and I start to see some of the things that I did to make things more difficult, et cetera, but that's for me. And I'm wondering for you, like, are you able to let go of some of those emotions because they really can taint who we are as people, both then and, and then who we become. It can be, there's residual harm that can come yeah. from a parent's lack of, I don't want to say lack of love, but perhaps lack of showing love. Yeah, um, I've definitely, can see like I was like I said I wasn't the most open either to him so I mean like there wasn't the most trying on either one of our parts and I have a lot more forgiveness for him now that I've like grown up and like know where he's come from he comes from like nowhere Arkansas so like there wasn't anything like that in his life he didn't have a dad either he like you know it's all those things so he didn't really know how to be a dad didn't know what to do with me I wasn't interested in anything he was interested in so I, I get it. I have a lot more forgiveness for him now, for sure. And growing up and just realizing, you know, for me to go and move on with myself, I have to let it, I have to let that be what it was and understand that while he may not have been the dad that I wanted, I wouldn't necessarily be who I was and be where I am if, you know, things didn't fall where they did. So I have way more forgiveness for him than I did when I was 18 years old, just mad angry piss. Why not me? You know, <laughs> all, all totally, <laughs> totally. No, I mean, and it's interesting. I find that like, I love talking to queer people about their relationships with their parents, both good and bad or ever evolving, because yeah. I feel like for me, it was just, I didn't really ever talk about my parents or my childhood or so much of that with my friends. It just was sort of like, we only exist as our adult selves. And I yeah. think that there's something important about not always, but sometimes revisiting <laughs> who we were and how we got to, you know, where we are now. Now, speaking of family, you yeah. have this incredible chosen family in the house I of do. Avalon. I do. And I know, I mean, I know a ton about house of Avalon. I've been fortunate enough to be around <laughs> many of you many a time, but can uh -huh. you sort of talk to me about what the house of Avalon is and how you sort of found your way into this collective? So we are, like you said, we are a queer collective darling of artists. And, you know, we, um, we throw parties. We're amalgamation of things. First and foremost, we are a family. We did find each other back home and all in Arkansas. And we kind of all saw the same thing. We kind of wanted, for lack of a better term, more for ourselves. And we wanted, and we saw some, we saw the same things. You know, we, different perspectives, but saw the same thing. And, um, you know, we helped each other be where we are now. They moved out. And then I came back and after a little bit, like two years later, I came out and they asked me to be a part of the house. I was so very honored in that kitchen. Oh, see, they're happy too. Um, in the kitchen over there, as you can see back there. And um, yeah, it, it, it kind of happened. It was very organic. I was like a youngin back home in my teens in college and I was doing drag and uh, I did a competition show called Fresh Fish. And the freshest of them all. I won, by the mm -hmm. way. And 
Um, I remember Grant, he judged, and that was my first time meeting them, like actual all in person. I've seen them online before, but that was my first time meeting them. And from there, it kind of just gradually built up. And um, I spent one summer at their house, literally almost all summer at their house. <laughs> and then I would go back and forth on the weekends during the summer. And then when I was in school, I would go on the weekends and stay at their house. And it literally just was one of the most organic relationships I've ever had. And we've just known each other for what, nine years now, I think nine years, eight, nine years. So yeah, it was an organic of coming together. And you mentioned, you know, being a shy and quiet kid. How did that begin to change? Because I don't know you as being shy or quiet. Um, <laughs> and I don't think many people do. And I, I mean that in the best way possible. And so do you feel like, is there any connection between House of Avalon and potentially finding, I don't want to say finding your voice though, because that makes it sound like you didn't have one previously. I guess maybe like turning up the volume on your voice rather. Um, 1,000, yeah. Um, because I... I was kind of doing the drag that I thought I was supposed to be doing, like back home, very pageant or, or trying to anyway. I wasn't very good at it. Like, cause obviously that's just not who I am, you know, dog. And so they definitely helped me kind of see where to go. And that made me more comfortable with expressing myself. So yeah, they had a major part in me um, turning up the volume, so to speak. Yes. On um, okay. my voice and being way more comfortable with myself and, and, um making me feel comfortable enough to even try you know what i mean to to feel safe that's a better word to feel safe enough to express myself 100% yeah well speaking of the house of avalon we have several special guests that will be calling in today and the first oh, is a fellow member of the house of avalon oh. <laughs> okay Okay. Hey, Simone. Hi, Gigi. Um, I've got a question for you. What's your question, what my love? What is your all-time favorite live performance from one of your divas? Could be Tina. Oh. Could be Whitney. Whoever. You let me know. I have a feeling I know which one it is, but let the people know. Oh, my God. My favorite live performance. Oh, she got me. That's a good question. Um, as you know, I have like I have my favorite devos, my all my amalgamation of who makes up Simone. I I oh that's hard. I love a live performance of all my devos, but I think my favorite, I th okay, I think it's Proud Mary, Tina Turner, two thousand twenty, I think it was two thousand twenty one, from her twenty four seven tour. Yeah, I think that's my favorite one. I mean, that, that gets us good every time. Okay, if you're listening out there and you haven't seen that, you need to go on YouTube you need to right Google now. It now. Educate yourself. Immediately. Before we continue, let's take a quick break and hear from some of our sponsors. If you were to look in my fridge right now, beneath the shelf of Topo Chico, you would find cases of Can. These are my currently in rotation batch as I keep party packs stowed away as well. So what is Can? Can is a social tonic microdose with cannabis that gives you a light and uplifted buzz, but with no hangover, fewer empty calories, all natural ingredients, and no regrets. Best of all, it tastes fucking good. So sure, I drink it for the THC CBD effects, but I also just enjoy it as a refreshment du jour. Blood Orange Cardamom is my favorite, but the Grapefruit Rosemary also slaps. For more information, including where to find it at your local dispensary and delivery options, follow at drinkcan with two N's or head to drinkcan.com. That's D-R-I-N-K-C-A-N-N.com. 
and we are back. Now, I have to imagine that you saw the Tina Turner documentary, the HBO doc. Oh, yes, I did. The day came out 6 p.m. right here. <laughs> Truly so wonderful and illuminating. And I loved sort of uh, this idea that though she is not gone, she is sort of putting a lid on her career for yeah. now, you know, can always right. come off. But I like that sort of creative autonomy that she had to say, I want to tell my story on my terms. Yes. And I think that not every artist is either afforded that opportunity or seizes on it. And I just thought it was such a remarkable thing to watch her still in her prime, but looking back at her career and reflecting on it. I think definitely for me, it gave me a lot of encouragement, a lot of hope and a lot of what I needed at the time. And I like one of my favorite things is, is she, she didn't say it, but it was like her, for, if our, it wasn't her manager, it was one of her, one of the people that were speaking about her. And he said, you know, what was just so good about it. And when she was starting her second half of her career was, you know, she just always knew it was going to be okay. She just kept going. And I, I, that stayed with me. That stays with me every day. Every day like when I feel down or, or when I'm going through something, it's just, I remember that because that was so important. She knew, she didn't know how, she didn't know where, she didn't know when, but she just kept going. And like, I, I sobbed when he said that, cause I was like, wow, that, and look where she, and look what happened. It was the second part of her life. People, people that doesn't happen. It just doesn't happen like that. Oh, so absolutely. it was, it, it was very important for me. <laughs> While we're talking about that documentary, one of yeah. my favorite parts about it was when they did an interview with the People Magazine reporter that uh -huh. Tina had given her story to when she first came forward to let the world know about her experiences with her ex-husband, Ike Turner. Yeah. And the, the magazine reporter that in the documentary says, when asked as to like why Tina chose to come to him at that time, he says, because I think she just wanted to say it and get it out of her. So she yeah. never had to revisit it again. And yeah. I always just think about that because that's there's such power in that, that idea of, again, not only telling your story on your own terms, but the idea of like getting something off of you. It's almost yeah. like what you were speaking about earlier talking to your dad, for instance, and I've had similar feelings of like letting people know how you felt about a certain something, um, not as a means for healing in a sense, but well, maybe in a sense of healing it's yourself. In a way, in a way, yeah. Yeah. Because I think, I think it, once you're able to, once you're able to finally let it go, because that's another thing with me, I, I, I hold on to things. It's a very, it's something I'm trying to change, but I, I hold on to things. And so, and I, I think there's great power in just letting it out and saying it. And then once you're able to do it, you can move forward. I yeah, think. it's like you uh, you alleviate its power over you by over you, just yeah. dispensing it. Yeah, no, yeah. absolutely. One last question about your childhood self. I, I read yes. you began performing in drag as Delilah Alamein, uh -huh. before changing your name to Simone. <laughs> and, the, and, and I read that that original name came from a character in a play uh -huh. you wrote in high school. Wait, is it Simone no, no, no. that came from the character name? Simone came from the character that I wrote Got in it. high school. Okay. And then Can Delilah, you... yeah. Oh yeah, go ahead. And then Delilah was my friend uh, back home. Uh, he said, I was looking for a name. He's like, why don't you go by Delilah? And I was like, sure, let's just try it out. And then Alamein is the, <laughs> is the last name of my favorite soap opera character, Vivian Alamein from, I think, mm. was it Days of Our Lives. I think, I think, I think Days of Our Lives, yeah. She was insane. 
<laughs> so with the name Simone from this play that you wrote, I just, can you tell me more about this play? I'm getting extreme Lexi from Euphoria vibes. And I just want to know about- Ooh, am I the play. Lexi? Am I the Lexi? Um, so I wrote, I, we had to write a plastic drama too. And we had to write a play. And I was sitting there drowning, trying to think, what, what, what am I, what, what do I want to write about? And I love a drama, darling. I love a drama. I love, <laughs> I, as you know, I used to watch soap operas. I would come home every day and there was a three hour block of soap operas on the soap channel, darling. And I was wow. an avid watcher. And um, so I, I wrote a play about this very dysfunctional family. Um, there was, of course, the mom who was Simone and she was this cutthroat, edgy, very confident, very um, a ball buster, so to speak, and a very, in, a very in charge, powerful woman. And her, with her husband, who was kind of the same, but she was definitely the one who, who wore the pants. And there were three kids. One was an addict. One was, you know, the perfect child. And one was, you know, the middle child that no one cared about. So it was... <laughs> So I, it was just this, and I remember I wrote this play and it was, it, it was centered around a, um, a family dinner where everyone pretty much just lets out all of their frustrations with each other. Everyone had, it was basically, it built up into this major fight and I needed a name and Simone was my favorite character and I had the most fun writing about her and writing her dialogue and saying like, what? What would she say? How would she say it? What would it look like? In what way? How would the words flow, darling? And so I chose that name and it stuck with me. <laughs> I love that. Um, so let's talk a bit about Drag Race, but I want to talk about it from before you were on Drag Race because I okay. read um, that you started watching Drag Race from the beginning. Yep. And that was sort of like an entryway for you into the art of drag, which of uh -huh. course, eventually you began doing yourself. But I'm wondering prior to Drag Race, what was your exposure to queer culture by way of like movies or television? Um, not that much. I, I was curious. So Drag Race started my curiosity, but it went, then I went on to like, you know, discover more. YouTube was a lovely friend of mine. Um, but uh, it wasn't that much before Drag Race. And just simply because it wasn't around, I didn't, have, I didn't have anyone really gay around. And the really first person I saw, and this was even before Drag Race, was RuPaul. And, um, and he was on Sabrina the Teenage Witch. <laughs> that was the first yes. time. Yes. Yeah. Wait, that's um, when he goes from that famous uh, gift that I love of him going uh -huh. from like the judge into Rue. To the stunning. Yes. Yeah. Love. That was the first time. And so, I, but there really wasn't much, you know, other than, you know, the occasional gay character or, you know, someone being called gay at school. Like I didn't really have that much before that. And then Drag Race happened. And then I had the YouTubes and watching, you know, of course, Folk and, you know, Will and Grace and all those types of things. So it was limited until the drag, darling. Uh, so then you go on Drag Race. Obviously, uh, I think people know that you you did pretty well on the show. You actually yeah, uh, I did, you won I did. the show. Yeah, I won the so show. You yeah, you can do yeah much better than that. Um, yeah. In what ways <laughs> was the experience different from what you expected? I mean, obviously, we know that the COVID of it all made the experience yeah. quite different. Are there other ways where you had either an expectation around what you thought it would be, or you'd heard from Gigi or others about it's they do this thing and then you show up and it's like actually it's not that way crazy I think it was I didn't realize how stressful it was gonna be <laughs> I thought we were gonna have a great time 
you know, it was going to be, you know, we're, of course, we're filming a TV show, but I, I tell people all this. I think the week that we had before, like where we were isolated was the best thing that could have ever happened to me. Because if we had to be thrown into it immediately, I don't know how well I would have done. I don't know. I wouldn't say I wouldn't have won, but I think it would have got to me a little bit more. You know what I'm saying? Because I, I, I like, I like my solace. I was able to like, um, go into myself and like center myself before going into it. But it was, it was much more to it than I think people think. I think people, the editing and all the things give it the fantasy and the allure. But it's a lot that goes into it. Their their days were longer than I thought they would be. Um, and it was just a lot of mental work. The most of most of the competition is literally staying in it and mentally preparing yourself for it more than just the drag. It's that is more of it, I think. And I think a lot of people don't realize that going in. And it and you can tell sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> what about the reality television component? Because obviously you can prepare for the competition, you know, uh -huh. that much can be done in advance, but one really can't prepare themselves for the untucked of it all or those workroom oh, yeah. moments, which, you know, yeah. happen organically. What was that aspect of the competition like for you? I guess it's like the non-competition aspects of yeah. the show. The just being there and being surrounded by these batshit crazy divas. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I don't know. I, I told myself before, I was like, listen, whatever happens, if you get in an argument with someone or you know, you you feel some type of way about something, make sure it feels authentic to you. I, I just went into it being like, I don't necessarily know what to expect, but all I can do is control how I react to it. So I just, was that way about it. Was, whatever happens, happens. I tried to control as much as I could, trust and believe. <laughs> I tried, but um, no, I went into it just, I, I told myself to just, whatever happens, happens with it. And there's really nothing you can do past how you react to it and, the, and putting yourself in drag. So if that, if you get a drink thrown or you decide to throw a drink in that moment, and then baby, that's how you felt in that moment. And it was the realest thing to happen. So I, you know, of course you didn't get like that. I'm much more of a different girl, but you never know. <laughs> there's 12 there's 12 other demons in there. They might have got they might have rung you out some different way. I don't know. <laughs> and who knows? Maybe there's the unseen footage and, and it's gonna Ooh. expose all of you. Okay, question. Uh, My sense is, and I'm gonna be yes. a little shady here, uh -huh. that I get the sense that the season 13 cast uh -huh. doesn't gel as much as other casts by way of, you know, I see who's following who on social uh -huh. and it just seems like it's a little bit more of a, it's distinctly not RuPaul's best friend race, if you right. will. Um, right. Can you put any truth to that um, theory? <laughs> um, yes, there are definitely girls I get along with more and girls that I don't <laughs> and girls that I don't care for. And that's just, it is what it is. I don't want to, I'm not going to disparage nobody. We don't get along. We don't feature each other. And that's fine. I'm here. They're there. It's great. We're all, we all were on TV and we had a great time with each other. And if we didn't, we don't have to follow each other. We don't have to, we don't have to feature each other. So that's fine. You know, Take I have no ill will against anyone. Mm. Love, love. <laughs> um, 
let me ask you about this. You know, right now yes. we have several different versions of the show airing in real time. Uh -huh. We have another All-Stars on the horizon. And there's yes. been some people out there that are wanting a change in the format of the show. I think mm -hmm. specifically looking at UK versus the world and feeling okay. like disappointed that their fave goes home. Uh -huh. And I'm just wondering if you have any thoughts about if you have a preference, whether it be the lip sync for your life, lip sync for your legacy, um, when they were bringing in during the All-Stars, they had the lip sync assassin come in. Is there assassin. a certain format of the show that you sort of find yourself uh, liking the most? Oh, I, I like the, I prefer the original one, me personally. I just, I think it's just the fairest. You know, if you did bad in the challenge, you did bad in the challenge, you gotta duke it out on, the um uh, on the runway you got a lip sync for it so i i just think that's the fairest way to do it because then you have girls coming in they're upset or threatened by a girl or they don't like someone and it's not based on what's brought to the competition and i think i understand like why the other ones there it's a little bit more saucy if it's done the other way but i think for me personally the fairest way to do it is to just somebody on what they brought that week that's just me you know mm. i don't want to be sent home because some because i'm doing i'm better than this bitch and now I can't go home with my money. I'm pissed. <laughs> I'm upset. I'm angry. And I'm going to want to slash something. So now, uh, and then, you know what I'm saying? So like, I don't want that for myself or for them, you know? So totally. I just think it's the fairest way to be told to go home by mother because she wasn't featuring your lip sync and your performance that week. You know, I just think that's mm -hmm. fair. <laughs> mm -hmm. I think I am in total agreement. I'm in total agreement. Yeah. Now, Speaking of All-Stars, there is this rumored all-winner season, and I'm not asking Ooh. you to confirm or deny. I know nothing. Yeah, you know nothing. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing to know. I mean, maybe, you there's know, but I'm just know. wondering, um, yeah. if there is an all-winner season, is that something yes. that you'd be interested in participating in? Would I be interested in all-winner season? Yeah, I think I would do it. I think mm. I would do it. I think I'd get back up there. I think I would do it. I, I, I think it would be an honor to be asked. I think it would be an honor to be a part of that legacy. So I think to see all of us do it and where everyone's drag is coming, even though I'm, I guess I would be the, the shortest amount of time, you know what I'm saying? But um, I would do it. Yeah, I would do it. I didn't know if I loved the idea at first. And then I watched the all winter season of Survivor. And I was uh -huh. like, you know what? I actually think this format is super exciting. And the other thing that it adds to the equation, which I hadn't thought about, is none of you will have competed together at any together, time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really exciting because so often with uh, a lot of the current All-Star seasons, you have several girls who know each other and then they can wow. sort of form alliances and whatnot. So I definitely think that would be super exciting. Oh, that is an and, interesting point. Right. Oh, wow. Yeah. As you mentioned, the growth too of like, yeah. you know, you get in some of these early girls, it would just be so exciting. Now, I really, really would want Tyra Sanchez on the all winner season, but I know I'm probably in the, um, that is you know, in the rare miracle mother. <laughs> I know, but you know, it's gonna happen. Um, let's talk about your getting ready process. Um, yes, one yes. thing that I learned in my book for Buffy the Vampire Slayer that I wrote uh -huh. is that they sort of um adapted the getting ready process over time. So the vampire makeup began as a three hour process and by the end it became 30 minutes. Uh, now that you're getting in drag, I imagine more regularly and more regularly and regularly and regularly. Uh, yes. Have you changed your process at all for getting ready? Um, my change my process. I wouldn't say change necessarily. I, well, that's a lie. Yeah, I have. I think <laughs> it, it does. I think when I was first doing it, it was, like just get just get there, just get in drag, you know what I'm saying? Because there was so much going on. There were interviews, 
performances, people want to, you know, all those types of things. But I think now I have a little bit more freedom. It's like play around a little bit more. So I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting to explore, to do different kinds of makeup and different types of things, which is exciting. It was a little daunting at first. I'm not going to lie, but I, I think I, I am excited about the opportunity to get to do that. Um, but it still takes me, it still takes me about two hours to do it because I liked my process. I like to take my time. I like to feel it. I like to let Simone come alive and breathe, you know, mm. stretch, you know, all that stuff. So I come out and be herself, you know. So I, it still takes me about two hours. I still like to enjoy the process, listen to my music or listen to my video, my YouTube videos, you know, what have you. The, ex the exploring of my makeup, I think, is the thing that would change the most going forward. Mm. Yeah. Can't get enough of Shut Up Evan? I don't blame you. That's why you have to check out our Patreon. It's patreon.com forward slash Shut Up Evan, where you will be able to find advanced access to interviews, bonus episodes, video clips from the interviews, cut for time questions, and so much more. You don't want to miss out. I am fully committing to making the Patreon a much more robust experience for season three. So again, www do people say yeah www.patreon.com forward slash shut up evan tell me this much i mean i imagine one of the difficult things in being a really successful drag queen is uh -huh. <laughs> deciding when you make a big paycheck whether or not uh -huh. to put that in the bank or put it into more oh. drag and i imagine oh, yeah. it's especially difficult in the case of someone like you who is being photographed all the time going <laughs> to various events and there is that expectation for better or for worse that you're not going to repeat a look. Like there's just yeah. this expectation that you're going to come out in something brand new all the time. Yes. And that either takes time or costs money or both. And I'm yes. just wondering Usually both. How, you, yeah, <laughs> how you grapple with both that expectation and also wanting to save money and, you know, have mm. a financial future, but also recognizing that this is an expensive art form. It can be yeah. an expensive art form. Especially if you want something that's done well. I mean, cause you can do, you can get away with, you know, paying for something, but is it going to be done well? And I like the finer things in life. If you have not noticed, so <laughs> but has we done right? So um, it it is hard because I'm also I'm a cappy, I'm a Capricorn, so I love my money and I like and I like knowing I have it. Not necessarily for like I need to be rich or anything, but just for my personal sanity. And so um, it is definitely hard, but I know that I have told myself, you know, you got to spend money to make money, and I know that it comes it comes back in a different way. It may not necessarily always be financial, but it definitely is steps for it to be a bigger paycheck in the future. So I have just told myself, listen, it it's all part of it. It is what it is. And I just learned to be smart on what things to purchase that may be more money, you know, not not frivolously just blowing money, you know, but being smart and strategic about it because you don't want to wake up at the end of the year and be like, oh, well, great garments, lovely gowns, but not such a great, not such a great bank account. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. So, but um, yeah, it's just, I, I've just learned to be okay with the idea of spending money. If it's, if it's for my dragon, it's for the betterment of my career, which nine times out of 10 it is. I, I, most of what I spend money, money on is this. <laughs> Did someone teach you about money? Because I feel like I didn't learn about saving money. My boyfriend's uh -huh. gonna laugh when he listens to this until uh -huh. like a year ago. Like I just, it was what? something, again, it's like, I just was never taught about 
yeah, I just, I, when I made money, I spent you it. Spent it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and I'm just wondering as you have found this success coming your way and no doubt yeah. more money, like who taught you about money and how do you know what to do with it? And when I'm just curious because, you know, before <laughs> 10 or 15 years ago, being a drag performer was not the kind of profession you would go into to make coin. Right. Um, and you have it was found a lovely time can... and the attention, darling. Yes, and it, <laughs> it is still those things, but it can yes. be quite lucrative. And so I'm wondering how you, how you learned about money and, and how you sort of dictate like what to do with your money, even not just if you're going to save it, but how you're going to save it. Uh, my parents inadvertently did. I don't think it wasn't on purpose. It wasn't like we had to sit down conversation <laughs> about it. It's just like, I knew that like, I wanted the things that I wanted. And I knew that if I wanted those things, I'd have to get a job. So that's what I did. And I just saved money. And I knew that I couldn't, I wasn't going to be able to go to my mom and be like, or my dad would be like, hey, I want to buy this. Can this, it just wasn't a thing. We weren't poor. We weren't like poor, poor or anything like that. But just like, I knew that if I just wanted what I wanted and wanted the freedom of not being able, not having to ask people for money, I had to make it myself and I had to save. So that was, they, my parents taught me, but not on purpose. <laughs> So I have another call in um, from another <gasps> oh. former RuPaul's Drag Race contestant. And this oh, time shit. I wanted to I wanted to get us out of the U.S. I just feel like, yes. you know, with COVID and everything, it's nice to go. I was going to say overseas. This isn't quite overseas. Uh-oh. Hi, Simone. My name is Priyanka. What's my name? Priyanka! <gasps> First of all, miss you, love you, think you're an icon. Hope you think the same of me. I know you miss me from our <laughs> party times in the United Kingdom, where we got so drunk. Oh, I don't yes. even think we got that drunk anyways. I'm just making up shit. Um, my question for you is, I see you schmoozing with hot celebs. And as you know, my tagline is, my name is Priyanka, what's my name? But you uh -huh. walk into a room and you just assume that people know who you are. Has there been a celebrity that you've had to explain that you are the winner of RuPaul's Drag Race and that you are a cultural icon? <laughs> Question mark. You let me know. Miss you. Love you. Text me. Call me. Love me forever. Bye. <laughs> she is crazy. Crazy. I love it. Is there a person I had to explain myself to? Hmm. I'm trying to think. I've, this has been a very long year. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Been a lot of places he was. Um, I had to explain who I was to someone. The answer can be no. No. <laughs> 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 I think we've been a very lucky season of 13 because everyone was at home watching us. So a lot of people knew they may not follow you. They, you know, they may not you know, necessarily be that deep into it, but people were watching or they knew or their friends or their gay friends are watching. So a lot of people, um, yeah, yeah, a lot of people knew who I was. Shockingly, I, it wasn't, I didn't expect that, of course, but I don't think I've ever had to explain that, no. Has there been a celebrity run-in that you've had where you couldn't believe that they knew who you were? So kind of the inverse of her question. And is there one that was like particularly meaningful? Oh yeah, oh my God. Uh, when I got to meet Drew Barrymore, her knowing who I was, I didn't expect that. Uh, and then, like, I didn't know uh, she knew who I was. 
Queen. Uh, queen. We need her on Drag Race immediately. Yes, I was going to say on the judging panel, but also if she wanted to be a contestant, that could be cool too. That could be fun too. And I would yeah. feature it so hard and all, yeah. the, all of us would live. Please give us that. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I know. Are there any others? But if not, I mean, Drew Barrymore is a very important figure. Yeah, that, that one got me good. <laughs> that one got we'll me leave good. it at Drew. Tell me this much. How much distance is there between Simone and Reggie? And would you uh. say that I imagine being in Simone mode more these days, has that blurred the line at all between the two? Do you even see them as two different entities? How do you sort of conceptualize these dual identities if even our dual identities. Hmm. So I think for sure, when I first started, it was definitely like, I'm turning into a different person. Like I'm not Reggie anymore. This is Simone. Like these are two different people. Well, I think now, like I said earlier, Simone has definitely informed my confidence outside of drag a lot more. So I do see them much more as the same person. I'm able to realize like that it's all, they're both me, just different uh, kind of extremes, I guess. But I don't, I don't necessarily differentiate them anymore. I, I obviously Simone is much more loud and um, much more out there. And Reggie's much more, you know, I guess would say quiet still. Still quiet, but not necessarily shy. Um, and I, I, I come much more alive when I'm in Simone mode. Um, I, but it's also because like, that's my job. And then Reggie is my time. I'm like centering myself and recharging. So, you know, that that kind of has more to do with it than, you know, the shyness. But yeah, it's there's definitely a much more molding, I think, now than when I first started, because she was my way of expressing myself. But now I don't necessarily feel like I need to be in drag to express myself as much mm. if that makes sense. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. That's a very powerful thing. Yes. And I think it's cool that you identify this difference between being sort of quiet and being shy. It sounds like yeah. you've grown out of your shyness, but quiet is something different. And one can be quiet, but still be able to be in a room with others and, and come out of their shell when necessary, that they're not necessarily the same thing. That one might be quiet because they're observing what's going observing, on darling. and taking notes, not uh -huh. because they're shy. It's not right. the same. <laughs> That's literally what it is. I'm taking note. I'm trying to see what's going on in this room, who's doing what, mm -hmm. and what y'all trying to say to each other, bitch, before I... <laughs> Step my foot in this. <laughs> so on the most recent season of Drag Race, Bosco talked about the gender euphoria she experiences wow. in drag. And I'm wondering if you've ever had a similar sensation getting to occupy another gender through Simone. Oh yeah, I love women. I think they are the most powerful thing on this planet. You know, I just love the, the essence of femininity. So I love the idea of, you know, doing this and just just being in it. And I think there's definitely a, a, a freedom in it, I feel, in being in drag and, and presenting more, more feminine, I would say. Um, yeah, I was more feminine, you know? <laughs> so um, for me, there's definitely more of a freedom in it, me personally. And I, I feel like I get to, you know, play with more colors and, you know, be the the, you know, this huzzah or the bizarre, not huzzah, not the great. Oh my God. <laughs> How did the great get into this? <laughs> oh my God. 100%. I definitely understand what she was saying with that. 100. I love that. Before we move away from Drag Race, I want to bring in one other queen into the conversation. Ooh. I'm not a big fan of choosing favorites, but I have to say that this is one of my all time, all time, all time, favorite queens. Okay. Hi, Simone. It's Raja. 
<gasps> so, Whoa. from what I understand, you live down the street from me. Uh huh. Literally down the street from me. Really? My I did question not know. is, why can't you come over and visit, bitch? <laughs> when are we gonna smoke a blunt together, bitch? Why you gotta be all shady? I live down the street. Come on now. Call me out. Call me out. <laughs> all these people, honey, get me together, Miss Queen. Uh, okay. Um, I have no real excuse because I live down the street and in LA you can walk you know so I just feel like there's not enough excuse and I'm gonna have to change so I'm gonna start coming over and we're gonna start smoking blunts and that's just what's gonna happen so you call me out and and now I have to fix it Roger I have nothing that I can say that would excuse this behavior I'm sorry and I'm just going to say, like, just from, like, a numerical standpoint, she's yeah. the winner of season three. You're the winner of season 13. 13? It just feels like, It needs you know? to happen. Oh, my yeah. God. You're so right. So. And we've missed such a perfect opportunity. See? Okay. No, no, no. No time but the present. I look forward to that. And I, I look forward to hearing about this shared blunt. And you know what? If I happen yes. to be in the area, Raja, I might be popping by, too. You have to come through. You must. You've got, you're the reason that this is happening. Okay. Now let's talk about the Met Gala for a moment, Woo! which you yeah. got to attend this year. I mean, I'm sure anyone listening to this podcast knows, but just in case, <laughs> I think it is no, like, it's not being exaggerated at all to say getting into the Met Gala is one of the most difficult parties to get into. There Absolutely. are a lot of extremely A-list celebrities that cannot yes. get an invitation despite uh-huh. all of their efforts and all of the coins that they try to present. And uh-huh. so I just want to know what that experience was like. And most importantly, did you run into your friend, Rihanna? I know you two have a relationship <laughs> in the DMs and you were both in that building. Yes, so yeah, you anything you could tell us about the Met Gala? Whoa. Okay. So it was one of the craziest things ever. Cause I, I wanted two things out of this. I said, I wanted to go to the Met Gala and I wanted to be on in the Savage Frenchie runway show. And I got both of those things. So <laughs> I, I, um, I was Happy gal. But it was one of the most magical days of my life, um, just simply because it doesn't happen. Like you said, for everyone, there are A-list divas who you expect to go and they just don't because Anna says no. <laughs> so one, Anna knows who I am because she does all the invitations. She does all the guests. So she knows who I am. That was a complete and utter like insanity for me. And then to get to go preparing for that day was, I think I was the most calm that day out of the whole entire New York, um, cause that was for our fashion week, yeah. So that was the most calm I was that day. And getting ready for that was such a, an ease and getting in that dress, which by the way, that dress, just so anyone knows, everyone knows that was a 20 pound dress that I was oh wearing. <laughs> so it was a feat to walk and to go up those stairs. And um, I don't know, it was to be surrounded by those people and to be asked by Jeremy, who um, has been a friend of ours for a while, but for him to honor me with going and being at the table with Taraj Benson, who I watched on Empire and Cynthia Revo, who who judged that season. And I got to sit next to Tom Daly, who was such a sweetheart. And um, I don't know, it was just a magical day that um, I'll never forget. And I got to meet a lot of um, people that I didn't think I'd ever get to meet. Tracy, Tracy Ellis Ross got to meet her, mm. um, who I love. I love her mom. So I got to meet her. <laughs> I was the one degree of separation. 
And um, yeah, it was just, it was one of the most magical days of my life. And one of the proudest moments because I knew what it meant for um, other people. I know what I would think if I saw that. So I can't imagine. And um, it was an honor. It was an honor, really. And was there any run in with Rihanna? Oh, yes. yes. I'm going to say I did. Yes. I'm sorry. I'm oh. sorry. I saw her come in. She was the last one to come in as she did, as she does, because, you know, she's mm -hmm. we call her the queen of the mat and looking stunning. And I, I said, you know what? My feet hurt right now. This is a 20 pound dress, but I am booking it across this room. <laughs> sitting at this, and she was sitting at the same table with Anna. She was actually sitting. She was sitting right next to Anna. So I made my way over. We filmed the Savage uh, Runway a week or two before that, I think, like a week. Or, yeah, I think it was like a week or two before that. And so um, I'd met her there and I went over and I said, hey, <laughs> and she said, they let you out. They let your ass in. I said, they sure did, sis. They let me in. <laughs> they let me in. She said, they let you in. She said, turn around. Let me see what you got on. I said, I turned around. I did a little swirl. And she said, you look beautiful. And I said, so do you. And, you know, we, uh, we had a little bit of a moment and then I went away. <laughs> Love. I mean, yeah. I don't think it gets more iconic than that. It does not. I mean, as you said, she's the queen of the Met Gala. And just to know, first of all, the fact that she knows who you are, I who think I is am. like life goals. But then the fact yes. that you can just walk over and have a full-fledged conversation with her, appear in the Savage by Fenty show, as you mentioned, I mean, this is what dreams are made of and you are living it. Yeah. Speaking of celebrity run-ins, how yes. did your friendship and eventual working relationship with Casey Musgraves begin? Ooh, okay. So I did... A, uh, I guess it would have been a TikTok or real, one of them things, you know, they do on the internet these days. <laughs> and um, her album was in the background, her record, um, the actual record of Golden Hour was in the background. Mm. And she saw it. And so she commented on actually that video and was like, oh my God, uh, something along the lines of great music taste or something like that. And so it was purely by accident, it wasn't back. I was not plants or anything like that at all. Um, and so, We'll say a couple months later, her her team reaches out and says, "Hey, um, Casey would really love if Simone would be in this in our video. Is she interested?" I mean, of course, yes, I'm interested, very much interested. And uh, so we went back and forth on that because they didn't have, you know, a date settled yet. And so the date comes, and I get on set, and you know, I'm, I'm getting ready, and you know, I, I go down, and. She, I'm there first, and then she comes into set. And one of the most down-to-earth people I have ever met, um, such an angel, like a literal angel, and was like, thank you so much for doing this. I cannot believe you're here. Like, I'm like, what? <laughs> you're like, thinking me? Are you kidding? Like, of course. Um, we listened to your album. We listened to the album literally for it, it, when I first moved here was on. Like, we were listening. And so um, for her even asked me about that it was crazy and then we worked for those two days together it was just it was so cool so down to earth was making sure everything we were okay she's like are you okay are you feeling like need anything like was very attentive to us asked us about our you know our lives and like was just cool it was like literally hanging out with like someone that you just met and you just got along with no airs whatsoever and then of course you got to go yeah I think it was the same week fashion week we got to go to fashion yes Fashion Week, we got to go to the um, premiere of her album, um, her debut of the visual album. And I got to see the whole workings of it. And she invited us to that and got to see her again there. And, you know, we've chatted through DMs and she's just so sweet, real, like really cool. So basically it happened because I did a little video online. <laughs> 
<laughs> Before we continue, let's take a quick break and hear from some of our sponsors. Can we talk about Sunday Riley? Not only is it the name of not one, but two of my favorite Buffy the Vampire Slayer characters, it also just so happens to be one of my favorite skincare brands. Sunday Riley uses advanced, clinically proven ingredients blended with balancing botanicals for non-irritating, fast-acting formulas. Just because the end of times might be near doesn't mean you can't have great skin. Some of my current obsessions include their global best-selling Good Genes All-in-One Lactic Acid Treatment, CEO 15% Vitamin C Brightening Serum, and their Autocorrect Brightening and Depuffing Eye Contour Cream. As a person with notoriously puffy eyes, the last one is a really saving grace. If you want to visibly improve the look and feel of your skin, look no further than Sunday Riley. Sunday Riley is available at Sephora and Sephora.com. And we are back. What is your favorite Casey Musgraves song? Oh, Wonder Woman. Love Wonder Woman. Love Taste. Wonder Woman. Love. Yes. Love, love, love. And speaking of Casey Musgraves, a friend yeah. of ours wanted to Ooh. call in with our final question. Oh, Snap Crackle. Hi, Evan. Hi, Simone. Hi, oh, love. It's Princess Nokia. And Ooh, I'm hey, so then. happy to speak to you guys today. Simone, my darling. Yes. It was a pleasure meeting you on the set of Casey Musgraves video. I really admire you and think you brought in such a beautiful, refreshing take to RuPaul's Drag Race. So I wanted to ask you, how has life been since earning and winning your title, Regal Crown? <laughs> and what are some hopes for the future? Yeah. God bless oh you guys. God. Great to hear from I you. Love her. The so cool, so chill. She was also another one that was like real fun on set. Um, she's the best and she the, the is best. like a low-key musical theater nerd so her uh -huh. and i just go back and forth all the time about like gay ass musicals because she knows i love it i did not know that yeah oh like deep like That's theater fun. nerd yeah <laughs> oh so she like y'all can y'all can really go in oh yeah oh baby oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Deep I, I would love to see that <laughs> <laughs> um but how has my life been my life has been unbelievable since um winning the crown and all the best in like the best way because like I said before I did not expect a lot of the things that I've gotten to do and gotten to be in the room with people that I've gotten to be in the room with and meet the people I've gotten to meet so I am very very proud of myself and I'm very um just in awe of everything that I've gotten to do because it um oh god I don't want to cry about it but um I've been blessed. I've been truly blessed and I'm very lucky and um and I'm happy and I'm grateful for it. And um and one of my hopes for the future is to just keep going and to keep growing and to keep learning and to keep building on what I've already done because um while I've been very blessed, I don't want the blessings to end. So it's just to keep working and to keep working on myself and to keep working on my drag and to grow and to build, I wouldn't, oh ah, God, it's build my empire. <laughs> I definitely want to, I want to explore more and I want to give myself the freedom to do so. So I'm mm. excited to see um, where this year takes me. I am. I love that you say it as a, give yourself the freedom. I think that that's yeah. a really powerful thing that 
we have autonomy over within ourselves if we give ourselves that freedom. Yeah. And I think that I love the way that you articulated that. I also want to mention the fact that you can be asked two questions back to back and remember both questions. <laughs> I'm horrible about, I constantly kind of double my questions up with a guest. Yeah. And I find that they end up just answering the second question. Oh no, and I remember that. I love darling. you for being able to like cycle through and you're like, wait, I'm going to answer. And then I'm going to go back and I'm going to hit all the points. That is a professional. Darling, <laughs> <laughs> I paid attention to school. They said there's a one and two questions. You got to answer all the questions, honey. <laughs> That's what they said. Them, do you, you remember them tests? I they do. You I answer do. All I the do. questions. <laughs> so you, so I was very good at that. I answered all the questions. I don't know. What the, I wasn't always good at getting an A, but I answered the questions. <laughs> That's all you got to do at the end of the day. It's like, you know, there's two kinds of people. There's the ones that get the A and then there's the one that, that fill it all out and you're filling it all out. And I think that's I'll fill it all something. out. <laughs> now, you appeared on the Jimmy Kimmel show while RuPaul was guest hosting that week. And yes. I just have to say, I was so impressed with you during that interview oh, because it is so hard to do a late night television appearance. You yeah. get that's six what they tell minutes. Me. That's yeah, I, I really do. I have the most respect for a late night appearance out of any interview format because uh -huh. you have six minutes, you're in front of a studio audience yeah. and you have six minutes to sell yourself and like nail it, right? And it's yeah. like, you have to hit everything quickly. You gotta be concise. concise. You gotta be funny. You wanna be yeah. warm. You wanna be endearing. You wanna be lovable. You wanna be smart. You wanna be all the things. And <sighs> you were able to be all of them. And I just want to oh. ask what that experience was like, because I feel like that is a really high bar to clear. Yeah. And you certainly cleared it. <laughs> well, thank you so very much. You know, I, I just, God, you're flattering the girl. Um, <laughs> that experience was so much fun to do. Um, I was, of course, nervous before because, I mean, it's late night, it's Jimmy Kimmel. And then, and then I think I, would, I was more nervous because it was RuPaul. Uh, I think I would have been like a little less service with Jimmy Kimmel, but I, I, I just love her so much. And like, I just wanted to do well for her and for myself, obviously, but just because it was mother. So, but that experience, I remember getting up there trembling, like behind the little, I don't, know, I don't know what it's called, but the behind the thing. And, uh, and then it opened up and just it all going away and like hearing that crowd. And I was just like, you know what? This is another challenge on Drag Race. And mm. this is another opportunity for you to show who you are and your personality and for you not to ju and just bathe in it. So literally the, the wall went up. I saw the audience. They were clapping. I said, oh, that's what this is. Okay, let's go. And so it was at first very nerve wracking, but then I had so much fun. It was just it was just fun for me i i just really delved into it and you know went with the flow and didn't get caught up in it i just i i, that, I was just free with it and i that was really 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 fun i think that's how you know that you're doing what you're meant to be doing is the mm -hmm. fact that you felt that that joy throughout it and that nervousness there's sort of like that calm comes over mm -hmm. you and and you know after the initial nervousness because it's like you kind of you trust in yourself, you know? Yeah. It's like, you know, you have this. Okay, doing a little bit of a 180. I wanna talk about dating and hooking up. Oh, I've spoken snap crackle. to a number. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you wanna go there? Okay, let's do it. 
I've spoken to a number of queens over the years who have expressed uh, uh, difficulty in finding people that see them as sexy men due to perhaps internalized femphobia that persists in our community. And I'm of just course. wondering what you're, and also on top of that, you're now a famous person. And so I'm just yeah. wondering how you deal with dating and hooking up uh, as Simone, as Ooh. Reggie, as both, as yeah. all. Because it's really hard because if people, because one of two things happen. They are, um, either very intimidated by the persona and the, the, who, the who am I am of it all. And then, um, or they want her, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So not necessarily, I haven't necessarily encountered someone being like, oh, you do drag them. I will say that. I haven't necessarily encountered that part of the dating thing, but it's, it's definitely more difficult. And I have never really dated before. Like I've, I had maybe a boyfriend and I don't, I don't even know like what even is that when you're in like high school or whatever. So like, I've never really had the opportunity to date. And like, obviously now it's not the easiest thing to do, but it's not necessarily something I'm focused on. Now the sex, <laughs> mm-hmm, I've been enjoying myself <laughs> and um, it has been a time and I've had it. <laughs> I have. What can I say? What can I say? I'm very proud of you. Um, from sex to real housewives, I am shifting yes. the topic, but I but things I both love and feel very fondly about. Uh, yeah. I know you're a big housewives fan. I'm a big yeah. housewives fan. Tell me what for you is the definitive housewives franchise and why? Ooh. And why is it Potomac? Definitive. And why is it Potomac? <laughs> Definitive. Oh, I think it is definitely, because I would have said a while ago, I would have been like, I think Atlanta. But I I, I think it's changed. I think the definitive one. Oh, girls. Listen, Potomac and Salt Lake. I haven't been able to catch up on this latest season. I have to go, I'll have to go back. But mm. from what I've been able to inference online and gather, those are like, the girls right now. Those are the girls. To your point about Atlanta, though, I feel like Atlanta has some of the highest highs. I think the thing yeah. about Atlanta is because there's so much Atlanta, it has a few sort of filler seasons, especially yeah. like the middle area, like when Nini started to kind of be over the show, uh-huh. that I think it sort of uh, ultimately gets weighted down in its iconography by having some, you know, less high tier seasons. But right. when Atlanta is good, it is, it is the best so franchise. So good. And it is, it, it rivals any and everything. There's no, no one else can say anything. You didn't have the season this time. Try again next time. <laughs> <laughs> if you were to cast one of the Real Housewives on Drag Race to Ooh. win the competition, which one would it be? To win? So we're talking about, we're talking about the whole package. We're talking about looks, hairs, all of it. Okay. All of it. Oh God, not personal love. Ooh. Because <laughs> there's some girls that I love, but they wouldn't make it. Who would I drag? Who would I crown? Who would I give my crown to? Being like, you're the grand dame. I mean, maybe you just said it. I just think I did. I really do. I would give it. I would give it to the grand dame. Yeah, it would be her. I imagine. Just, I don't understand how it works. The the things that she says sometimes. I'm like, where did you get that from? Like, it's so good. I, just most beautiful. So good. So I'm good. always. 
I actually, I shouldn't even be surprised at this point, but sometimes I find myself surprised at how like quick-witted she is. Yes. But then I'm like, at this point, it's like, no, of course she's that quick-witted. It's the Grand Dame. That's why the she's Grand the Dame. Grand Dame. And like, she knows it. And, she, and, exactly. and that makes me love her so much more because like, you know, we're supposed to not like those things, but now she fucking knows. And no, we've dealt with enough humble no legends form. that it's like, give me a braggadocious legend who, yes. who knows they're the shit and tells me. It's like, Fabulous. Yeah, I, I totally love it. Now, I also learned from Marco that outside of Housewives, you also love Charmed. Charmed now, is my favorite TV show of all time. Okay, I love Charmed, but, uh-huh. but, 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 but my beef but, but, is but, but. I feel that I'm much more of a Prue-centric person than I am a Paige-centric person. What? And I do feel like the show went downhill after Prue was killed off in season three. But I just, where do you stand? Because I consider wow. it to be two very different shows wow wow i mean it, i will give you it is two very different shows it definitely when miss page came along it changed i mean it had to but had to. i i enjoy when page comes i do i don't know what it is i think i mean because my personal favorite season is season four when when page is there i think that is the most because piper is my favorite sister and i love the character development she had to go through from season three to season four and being the middle sister to the oldest sister and her grappling with her grief and her going through and, and accepting Paige and loving Paige. Like I just, I, that is just my favorite season. But um, I, I don't know. I just never cared for Prue. I just always thought that she was just, I know it all. And I hated it. I don't know. I just didn't, I just wasn't featuring her. I loved, I loved the whole thing. I will watch it from beginning to end anytime, any day, but I just am more of a page-centric diva. I just feel like she brought she brought a different thing to both her and Phoebe. I just and I enjoy it more for me personally. And I well, I, I will, yeah I don't like when and I just don't like when Piper is not at I don't I don't like when she's not the oldest sister. It doesn't make me happy to see her that way. <laughs> and I agree that I think that um, Alyssa Milano had more chemistry with Rose McGowan than she had with Shannon Doherty. As many people know that might have I do been too. because it bled through to real life as well. Yeah. Um, but but I, I but I, I'm with you. Charmed is a fantastic and important show in the canon of pop culture. Okay, so two last questions before we wrap up. One, up? you are making your feature film debut. Yes, in the upcoming I am. film Bros, which is yes. incredibly exciting. It is the Very. first major studio gay rom com ever, yeah. ever, yeah. which is yeah. both historic and pisses me off that it took yeah, us this insane. long but here we are right it's like we have it's yes. like we get there eventually right you just gotta keep better late than never exactly mm-hmm. is there anything that you can tell us either about the film or about mm-hmm. what the process was like of working on this i think we're Ooh. so excited for this chance to see you up on the big screen and yeah. anything you can give away i know it's a little top secret oh honey i don't want them coming after me with no warriors and nothing <laughs> but um what i can say is that the cast is really great and really funny and it was a great experience being on set with like people who do it who've acted or or, like that's their bread and butter and it made me want to definitely pursue it more and it's like go into that direction but what can I what can I tell you um I think you will be surprised at how much we're able to talk about things in the film about the, especially what's going on but in a way that is funny 
and it doesn't seem like we're talking at you or um you know trying to you know think you know not finger you oh my god um no, we're not trying to you know um what is it you know, like, tell yeah, like finger wave like yeah, finger yeah, wave yeah yeah, 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 yeah. It, but it, I think that's it, one of the great things about having a gay writer and having this yeah. largely gay ensemble is that it's not only a gay story, but it's a gay story from gay people. People, yes. And it, it the whole set was that. The whole, it, like, it felt like a family affair where no one, no one had to worry about being themselves or censoring themselves or, you know, feeling uncomfortable. It was truly a just magnificent experience. And I got to work with um, Guillermo who, oh, cause Scandal is my other favorite show that I love mm. so very much. And I saw, you know, I got to work with uh, Guillermo and he's real sweet and real fun. And I, I love him, love him. And real sexy. Uh, real beautiful. <laughs> you know, I was gonna say, this is the sign that you are really like an actor now because the fact yeah. that you come on a podcast like this and have to like choose your words carefully about a project yes. is like, that to me is the sign of like real success when it's like, there's stakes around whether or not you let something slip. And it's like, that only happens with the important projects actor. in Hollywood. Otherwise yes. it's just like, oh, you can come on and say whatever. So like, you know, no. add it to the resume, actor. Um, actor. Love that. Okay, last question. Had yeah. drag never happened, which oh, thankfully it has, where yes. do you think that you would be today? Oh, <laughs> I don't know if I've ever said this out loud, but I was real close to joining the military. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Lieutenant Simone. Uh -huh. Wow. Tell yeah, me more, please. <laughs> yes. I was going to be, um, I was going to be Air Force cadets or whatever they're called, mm. uh, Gavin. And um, so, yeah. It was gonna be bad, but I was gonna. I was really close to joining the um, armed forces. I got. I did really well on the test, and I could have done anything I wanted. They were like, "These are the jobs that are available to you. This is the job that like, because you know you take the test, and they're like, you're, this is what you're eligible to be able to do." And I could have picked pretty much anything that I wanted, and I was like, I get to travel the world, and I don't have to worry about paying for school and I'm getting paid. So I was very, very close to doing it, but I probably would have done that and then gone to school to do something. Cause I went to school, I did end up going to college for mass communications. So I probably would have ended up in entertainment either way, but not as this gorgeous being. <laughs> I'm just dreamscaping right now, but it's like, I could see like a, a feature film and it's like Simone and Liss in the military or something. Yeah. And it's just, very quick, very Cadet Kelly, but actually the military. Cadet, exactly, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Cadet Kelly, but like glam. Yeah. Like very, very euphoric. Look. And maybe like, you know, we get Hillary Duff in there somehow. And, oh, you know, yeah. wait, was Cadet Kelly Hillary Duff or was that Christy Carlson Romano? No, that was, was Hillary Christy Duff. Oh, it was. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we get her yeah. in there. She's, yeah. you know, Cadet Kelly's still at it. And yes. you come in. Simone, and she's, and like, she's the one, she's the new like line leader, whatever they're called, like a mm. lieutenant, general, whatever they are over there. I don't know. And then she's, you know, she's busting my balls. If we can't get a Lizzie McGuire reboot, then I think this is the project that this we need to get off the ground. Yeah, Disney, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Love that. I want to thank you so much for your time. It's of been course. such a pleasure. And I just, um, I hope that you take the necessary moment or moments to look back at all that you've accomplished and know that like you 
made this happen, right? Like this doesn't happen to you. Um, this is something that you made and you built for yourself. And, and I know you know this, but like, no doubt there are so many young people out there watching you. And this goes beyond drag race. This is yeah. like the career you continue to forge and you create this possibility for so many people to see themselves succeeding through, oh you know, vis-a-vis -vis you. And I think that yeah. it's an incredible thing. And I think that um, mm -hmm. the queer community and the drag community as a whole, it's just like, no, let's venture out. The world is the better world. because Simone is in it. Oh, you are so, do not make me cry right now, Evan. Thank you so <laughs> much. I, it was such an honor to be here. I had a great time and just thank you for having me. And, you know, we finally made it. We made it here. So we made it. We made it. Made it I love it. Shut up, Evan. 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 Shut up, Shut up, Evan. 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 Shut up